The Spanish Announce Table. Hey, bitch ass. This is episode 326 of the Spanish Announce Table. I'm Tim. That's Tom. And we have desperately, desperately been trying to reach you about your vehicle's extended warranty. So I'm glad you're here with us. Tom, uh, you, you finally have the floor. Well, Ballsacks, I tell you what, I'm so excited for another great week of wrestling from one specific company and another company that just made my heart break and almost made me lose my whole entire hope in humanity, but that will be later on in the show. Tim, how was your week? What'd you do? Anything exciting, noteworthy, fun? I built a greenhouse. Uh, well, we finished up the greenhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking, we, we set up the framework, we then... Uh, put the tarp on over it, strap that down with some rope on the cinder blocks, and then, you know, Kansas had a fucking hurricane out of nowhere, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, like, looking out there, and I'm like, boy, I think that's going to hold. Yeah, I think that's going to hold. Yeah, I think that's going to... Fuck! <laughs> like, I'm running out there, we're having to, like, hold it down. It was still kind of strapped down and everything, but I was like, hey, you know what, we'll take it down. But I had already... I had gone in there and, like, cleared the groundwork, laid down... Um, you know, this black tarp, you have laid some straw down, that kind of stuff to, to get ready to put things in there. So all of that, I'm having to try to like scoot up like a maniac. Not fun. Not fun. And then I planted, uh, this week I planted four, four, Tom, uh, trees. I got, um, I got two more to go. We bought two. Good for you. Yeah. We bought two apple trees, two pear trees and two nut trees, well, pecan and, and hazelnuts. Now these probably won't produce mm. for a couple of years yet. Right. But got to start but somewhere you, right oh mm-hmm. but you get some hazelnut oh yep. hazelnuts pecans honey crisp apples gala apples pears and asian pears how about that mm-hmm. planting all that stuff being a farmer being a farmer tom good for mm-hmm. you yeah what about you? you and old you and old daniel bryan can uh hook up and talk yeah, about the earth here in a couple of days. yeah i like it good for mm-hmm. you yeah well i yep. as i mentioned last week uh it has now come to fruition I am now a godfather. I'm a godfather. Yeah, you are. Yeah, so I'm a yeah. godfather. So congratulations to my brother and sister-in-law. Yeah, uh, they welcome their second child. Uh, I, it is the uh, first time that I am a godfather. So I'm trying to get this little baby and recreate scenes from the godfather. Uh, fun note, though. Because uh, my brother-in-law knew of this kind of desire that I had. When we finally saw the baby after they got out of the hospital, he played the Godfather theme song as we walked in. And I was like, this is perfect. Nice. Thinking ahead. Perfect. Smart. Yeah. He was smart. Smart guy. That smart guy is guy. smart. So, yeah, did that. That was the big news of the weekend. Also watched uh, the UFC pay-per-view from this past weekend. New champion Francis Ngannou beat Stipe Miocic. Uh, very entertaining fight. Um, and if you don't know who Francis Ngannou is, a uh, very, very interesting story came from Cameroon with basically nothing, didn't have shoes on his feet for the longest portion of his life. Then he goes to move to Europe. He's homeless, training in gyms, sleeping in the woods at night. And 10 years later, he is now the heavyweight champion of the world. So pretty incredible. Nice. He hits by the way, he has the hardest recorded punch in ufc history it's 96 horsepower or the equivalent of getting into a wreck with the ford escort going as fast as it can wow that's impressive that's fucking scary until you get signed right and then you'll then you'll break that record handily right oh my wow. god that guy would fucking yeah. kill me 
That guy would <laughs> fucking kill uh, me. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, put it on YouTube. Maybe we'll get. Uh... By the way, YouTube. Check us out on YouTube, Spanish Announced Tube, right? YouTube.com slash Spanish Announced Tube, or you can find the link on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. You can always find the most latest episode and some of the featured, the TikTok videos, the Tweet the Tables, all the videos up there on the Spanish Announced Table, and a whole bunch of links where you can support us, right? PayPal's shopping links. Yeah, not going to pressure you too much. We're just getting started. Yeah, so let's get right into what we love to talk about first, and that is AEW Dynamite. And so last night was an AEW Dynamite being invented by an uh, arcade anarchy, which we'll get to in here in a little bit. But it kicked off with the biggest signing in AEW history. Christian Cage, future Hall of Famer. Which, okay. Yeah. Future Hall of Famer, Christian Is Cage. Is he the TNA Hall of Fame? Impact? Wouldn't shock me, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Because I think he left by the time no, they introduced that, they, it. No, wasn't that a thing? Like, they got... They got no. Ric Flair. And then like, he came back for one night. So yeah. he didn't go in there, but he just said, hey, I'm Christian Cage. And they said, uh, oh, that is neat. And then he went back. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> but he took on former TNA talent, uh, Frankie Kazarian. And so this was a good match. In the team. Uh, <laughs> that would be a fun game to play. Or is he? Is he in the TNA Hall of Fame? Earl Hebner is. I know that. Oh, uh, Sting was their first ever inductee. That's true. That's- Sting was the first ever. Yep. So, anyhow, back to AEW Dynamite. Christian Cage versus Frankie Kazarian. Uh, what did you think of this match? This was a good match, and I think we expected that. Um, there was a you know a few times where they had to kind of think on the fly because they kind of you know slip and slide a little. Uh, but overall, I mean, I think they did well, especially for not having performed a match together in a decade plus, and then Christian being, I mean, obviously he's training and whatnot and may have had some indie work to help in that training but like an, a legit live tv here we go match in seven years i think they said or something so great i thought it was good i thought it was really good to give a different style of match for aw's presentation obviously you can get can do all the lucha bro flips and shits you can do the indie canadian destroyer after canadian destroyer we have all of the that taken care of in AEW. But what we really don't have, other than maybe a Cody match, is that traditional, you know, side headlock, hip toss, arm drag, lock up, that kind of a match. And that's what the, they provided. And I thought that was a good mix to say, hey, if you want this style of wrestling, yeah. we'll give it to you. If you want comedy style wrestling, we can give it to you. But if you want that 1980s, 1970s wrestling that you grew up loving, if you're, you know, a, a man or a woman of a certain age, well, then here you go. And that's what they gave us here. I thought that was a great point. Yes, it was not the – this is not how they've started AEW, I think, Dynamite in – as far as I can remember, right, with this style of match. It's always the up, down, zip, boom, fly, whop, whoop, whoo, which is, I think, the official term. I believe so. I think mm-hmm. that's a, yeah. Yeah, a, a Webster's the, Dictionary right. yeah, uh, uh, term for It's a carny language, you know. Kayfabe and all that, you know, all that, all that stuff. Skin and the cat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyhow, the match almost goes 20 minutes, the the time limit for this um, match. But Christian Cage does end up getting the victory. It's not called the Unprettier because I believe that is trademarked by WWE. I think it's called the Kill Switch. Yeah, it was like Kill Switch and Gage, I think, right? Or no, that's that's a band. That's a band. Kill Switch and Gage is a band. So Kill Switch, was it just the Kill Switch? 
I believe so. Yes, it was. I'm looking at it now. Kill switch. He hits the kill switch for the three count. So that's his finisher. Yeah, switch actually, be, is that like actually, a is that like that like new metal kind of? Is that what I'm thinking of? Like that? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. No wonder that probably sucks, huh? It's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not good, sure. but it's not bad. You know, it's probably better than Fozzy, right? Ooh, Judas is a good song. It's okay. I mean, it's. Yeah, I'm never so, playing it on my playlist, but like when it comes on, I'll be like, Yeah, well, and, and the song is a perfect amount of time for a walkout because as yes. soon as I get uninterested in that song, it's over. Yeah, you don't have to hit the like second, third chorus run. Through, yeah, right. Yeah, just, yeah, it's perfect. Right. Uh, but Christian picked up the victory. I liked how they did this because it was his first match in I believe seven years. And what they could have easily done is Christian's back. Look at this, you know, big body slam does a big, you know, signature move does his finisher. I'm the fucking man. It showed also, you know, that style of wrestling, but it also showed like, Hey, he has to get warmed up to get to the level of competition that we have here at AEW. So I thought it got both guys over cause it showed Kazarian is someone that can wrestle anyone and give him a good match. But it also showed that Christian just isn't going to walk in here and say, you know, the Goldberg style spear, spear, hey, get the fuck over, give me my belt, I'm out of here. It's It was good. I liked yeah. how they did this opening segment. Yeah, I would just think that, like, that was good. We got that out of the way. I, I just want to see stories involved, right? So, cool. We know he can not suck well, wind, right? right. But, like, but now, I think that's... Right, but I think that's a good foundation to build off of. It's not, I'm just sure, coming yeah. in here into the main event, so now we have to see Christian get to work the, the level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, work the ladder of getting past the, you know, who's next. Maybe you know what he needs to do? Darby Allen or something. You know what he needs to do? I got this. Somebody somebody, get him this message. Let me write it down. He needs to outwork everyone. God you think damn. they'll put that on a t-shirt? I, if they hear it, why wouldn't they? This is an amazing... He should outwork everyone, and then he'll. But here's the, how you do the T-shirt: you just stack the words on top of each other mm. and put a period to make really emphasize out work everyone. Yeah, it's like that... out work everyone. Get up. <laughs> right. That's a good way. Right. Out work everyone. Tony Khan just wears that shirt. You know what the fuck to do. Yeah. It's a good idea. Sitting around here. So after the match, we get a Darby Allen video package where he just talks shit on Matt Hardy. Uh, Darby Allen, accompanied by his dad, Sting. Um, he throws some money in the, the lake or whatever and says, fuck that shit. Cause you know, white guys can just do that. Right. We just get another opportunity. If it doesn't work out here, white privilege whatever maybe i'm reading too much into that but darby allen and matt hardy what do you think about this potential you know feud leading to a pay-per-view match or a tnt match maybe i don't care about matt hardy i don't like him i've never liked this guy in anything he's done every time everybody's been like matt hardy's doing this thing i'm like yeah you know cool but he's like He's the Roderick Strong of his time, if you will, where I'm like, yeah, you know, like, sure, he'll get in there and he'll be like, all right, you know, this was good, fine. But, like, every time I'm like, yeah, but there's, like, 12 guys that will do this better than you. Even when he did arguably his best work with this weird, broken Matt Hardy character and got all that stuff, like, I know a whole bunch of people like that. But, I mean, just because he 
overacted a whole bunch, <laughs> like didn't make it good to me. I don't know. I don't, so I don't care about that. And yeah, I can't get over Darby Allen looking like Sting's kid, dude. We've got to we've got to get away from this. Yeah, we got to separate those two. I think sooner rather than later. I I like the idea of Darby Allen as the champion still going after someone else, right? He's mm. the champion, but he's in a position of playing king of the hill. You know where it's not. Oh, look at me! I got a title. I'm the new face of the company, or I'm the future. Or hey, kids, you can be like me. Just skateboard and paint your face. It's hey, no, no, no. Who who wants this belt? You. Bitch, I'm walking your way and I'm going to beat your ass. Like, I like the attacking style that Darby Allen has towards his uh, opponents. I don't, I agree with you in this regard. Matt Hardy in ring competitor. Let's stop that. He's fine. He's good. But to our point earlier of how we kicked off the show, I don't want to see in three weeks Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. Yeah. I I was beginning to like some of this idea of Matt Hardy leading a stable and being a you know a Don Callis style. That's you know, where I bag. like Matt Hardy. Yeah, I like Matt Hardy where we saw him uh, later on in the show, and we'll get to that here soon. Uh, but as far as getting TNT Championship opportunities or getting another big money match like he did with Hangman Adam Page, nah. I would rather see him leading a stable, like you said, cutting the promos, stirring the pot, uh, maybe causing some dissension amongst other stables uh, in AEW. I like that version of Matt Hardy, but the in-ring, I got back problems. I kind of walk stiff. Uh, man, I can't really bend my right knee. Uh, oh, what was my hand? He's got the Hogan waddle. Oh, my God. It's the It's worst. the great Kali stride. It's getting it's close. got that great Kali stride. You know what I'm saying? He does. And nobody likes that. Nobody wants to see that. So after after the Darby Allen quick uh, promo, we get right into an exhibition match. It wasn't a real match, so it doesn't count against their uh, win-loss record. Very similar to the Lights Out match, which Britt Baker would bring up, did not count against her. That was not a loss on her record because it wasn't sanctioned. This was an exhibition match. Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall, Arn Anderson as a special referee, let's talk about this. What would you think? Yeah. <clears throat> Saving the for the fallout uh, for a little bit later in this conversation, right? Um, the the idea of this exhibition, first of all, was just kind of okay. I mean, I, I will give it credit. It took an otherwise boring moment of QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes who gives a shit into what's this going to look like right exhibition match you know mm -hmm. this is you know at least it was a tweak um but you know it it was all to set up something that i don't think anybody ever saw is coming i'll say that yeah i definitely didn't see the fallout being what it was now going to the match i think my biggest gripe that i have was i understand when cody said last week hey if i get the figure four i'm not gonna break your leg Obviously, if you're wrestling a a friend, that's good. And that would that would be what you would say if you're wrestling a friend. However, we know that Cody is friendly with some of the wrestlers that he has wrestled in AEW. Darby Allen is a friend right. of his, right? Yep. But you know what he'll do? Wasn't he'll Scorpio hit him with Sky, the wasn't, wasn't yeah, Scorpio Sean Sky. Wasn't... Right. So, but what I was what I was gonna say is. If he gets the the crossroads, he hits it on Darby Allen. 
He doesn't do this whole, well, I can't. So this idea that you have this, uh, this like tug on your, on your heart to do a move to your friend. I'm not buying that. Nobody feels that way for QT Marshall. I mean, that feels that way for QT Marshall. Yeah. That, that, I don't, Look, I, don't know the, I don't know the guy who plays QT Marshall. I don't know what his fucking name is, and I'm sure he's a great guy. And people love Probably him. QT Marshall. People love that guy, but this guy, nobody, nobody. There's nobody. No, none of those characters have given me any reason to think that they would like. This is my ride or die, the QT Marshall, right? In the world that we're watching, in the universe that is AEW, nobody cares. Who gives a fuck? You might want to clip that because let's get to the fallout. Mm. So. QT Marshall rolls back into the ring and just gives a good old how's your father to Arn Anderson right in the jaw. Arn Anderson falls over like a ton how's of shit. How's your father? Yeah, we'll go, how's your father? You know what I mean? Like, hey, how's your father? Um, Arn Anderson falls over like a ton of shit. And then Cody Rhodes is like, hey, what the fuck? QT Marshall goes to the, to the stage to leap, to exit. The rest of the Nightmare family, missing probably 38 other members that were not accounted for for this night, get into the ring. QT Marshall still has his back turned. And then all of a sudden, we have Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado, and Anthony Agogo, which those are fun names to say, by the way. All saying that together. Yeah, except like, I know we make this joke about like the Nightmare family having 40 folks, right? There's so many you can't name them, but they picked the guys I probably couldn't name. <laughs> like outside of Nick Camarado, I think just because he has that very unique look, like I, I didn't couldn't recall the names until you just said them right now. Well, Anthony Agogo, I know of because of two reasons. Because of two reasons. One, uh, he was their first ever signee to the training. Like he's their first project. And two, uh, I was aware that he was a silver medalist in the Olympics in boxing. So okay. he's a legit guy. It's not like sure. he's just walking around. Oh, I'm a tough guy. Like he's a legit. You're tough guy. tuned into like yeah, that I mean, world. I, so you right, may not yeah. be the norm here. And I was just kind of like, and, oh yeah, a bunch of the Nightmare Family dudes. Well, and Aaron Solo. The only reason I know of him is because he just got dumped by Bailey, reportedly. Um, so that's the only reason I know of him. You're right. So let's right, get bro. into this. So now it looks like QT Marshall is going to be leading a stable. And so let's just shelve that just for a quick moment, because what I want to share with Can you shelve it for more than a quick. Moment? Well, <laughs> yeah, not, right. yeah, totally yeah. OK with that. But what I want to get your opinion on is a W now has been in business two years. Correct. Maybe a little over. Long? Has it really been that long, man? Maybe, Maybe. under. Yeah, we're in that. We're two in the second age. year or pass. Yeah, we're somewhere yeah. in there. Right. Yeah. Been going We're on. in that time range, right? Yeah. And we have had Sean Spears say, go fuck yourself, Cody. Yep. We had MJF say, go fuck yourself, Cody. Go fuck yourself, Cody. Uh -huh. And now we have QT Marshall saying, go fuck yourself, Cody. What I want to eventually see is, hey, maybe Cody was the fucking asshole here that MJF and Sean Spears and QT Marshall really didn't fucking like. Like, that is eventually the story we have to tell because so many of his friends fucking hate him <laughs> cody is toxic yeah these guys are turning on him not because they're bad it's because this guy fucking sucks cody is toxic hey look hey uh, it shouldn't need be said but we like to give psas here on the spanish announce table and this here is the spanish announce table public service announcement don't ever trust the intentions of somebody who 
who gets a fucking tattoo like that on their neck. Oh, man. Decisions are not being made well by this brain. You should steer clear. Especially at this age. It's Mm. one thing to say you got it when you're 16 and maybe you got kicked out of the house and you're living on your own at your friend's house and sleeping on a couch. Okay, shit happens. But when you've established your name and are about to have a child and before that you get a neck tattoo, eh, maybe your decision making is not the best. So, I think we need to do one of two things. As I mentioned, we either need to turn Cody heel and say, like, that was the whole thing here. Or we need to have Cody stop having fucking friends. Because we can't do this with every friend he makes. They all turn against him. It's it's too much. We can't have, um, you know, if, if this stable of Aaron, Nick, and Anthony, and QT takes on Cody and uh, the captain in the the captain in the nightmare family, and the sure. captain turns on him. I can't Man, do that. Like, listen, okay, so okay, okay, all right. So <laughs> let's say, all right, Cody's got this thing where he's like, I'm gonna get these young guys over, and that's what we're gonna do, and that's what this nightmare family is, and he's drafting like, let's get ways to to get you in a storyline with me, and then I'll help put you over a little bit, and that's awesome, that's great. But you clearly have an idea. And you keep doing it. And somebody needs to clue in and be like, Cody, maybe we should try this idea. Well, let's get into that before we talk about this stable. This, to me, which I put on our Twitter account at Table Show, is the same fucking story that we did a couple weeks ago where MJF turned on the inner circle. Now, circumstances were different, right? But the genesis and the like root idea of the story is the same where one guy is jealous of the veteran it was mjf is jealous of chris jericho so he's going to turn on him create his own stable to take out that stable this is qt marshall is jealous of cody because he keeps taking his spotlight and so he's going to create his own stable to take out cody it's the same fucking thing yeah it's proximity as well is that so what you're saying is true but even the one before the the MJF turns on Chris Jericho had so many more layers and complexities that the, when you back it up and it's not that deep and not that layered, the very next week is a problem. This is okay if you do this three weeks from now. I don't think we go, didn't you just do this last week? And you still get some of this like everybody's in a faction, but I mean, you're right. Faction allows... Faction warfare, people are going to have friends, and it allows more people to get on television at once. So mm-hmm. I, I understand that, and it works. It's easy. People get it. Like, my friends are going to beat up your friends. So, um, I, and that's a statement. My friends are going to beat up your friends. Uh, if yeah. I had friends, they would beat up yeah. your friends. Tom, you ready to beat this guy up? Uh, <laughs> so, I'm your friend? Yeah. Tom? You're the one. Yeah. 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 And all, of you, and all of you listening slash watching at home, uh, you're our friend as well. Uh, so yeah, I just it, it it feels like a lot, and it feels like what's he gonna do? He's gonna come out and be like, "I'm QT Marshall, and this is the fuckwads, and we're here to beat Cody's ass." And everybody's gonna be like, "Who gives two flying fucks? Like, why do why what? This can't. This reeks of like last minute. Like, oh man, we have we got to get that. Uh, what are we gonna do, guys? What are we gonna do? Uh, how about this? <sighs> yeah, I. I don't know if it reeks of desperation uh, so far early on. Now we'll see what happens next week. And if they just go like to you said, like what you just said, we're the fucking men. And yeah. they're like, okay, well, all right. But if they have some 
idea and story, you know, maybe this was planned out a little bit more ahead of time. Dude, however, here's what I want. I'm going to book it. I got it. Right. This is Tim's story time, right? Uh, QT Marshall is going to come out with the fuckwads, whatever their name's going to be. And he's going to say, You all don't understand the true meaning of the nightmare family. Because let me assure you, this family is a living nightmare. And we're going to expose it. And we're going to show you how nightmarish it is to be under the rule and the mental mind games of the evil Cody Rhodes. Right? And now we build up. He's claiming Cody Rhodes is this sinister fuck. And we're all like, nah. Right? And Cody's like, yeah. No, that's stupid. You shut the fuck up. Right? Like, and we're kind of like, what? Right? And kind of slowly get us there. Awesome. $5 right now, Tom says that doesn't happen. That would be cool. Yeah. Mark it. Because it might. If it, it might. does happen. Bitch, it might. the smartest man. Yeah, bitch, it might be. <laughs> bitch, it might be. So let's talk now. You, you alluded to it a little bit, but let's dive into this uh, topic here. So now this is another stable in aw we have the inner circle we have the pinnacle we have the lucha bros uh in that group we have the super elite we have uh you know john moxley and eddie kingston to a lesser extent that's more of a tag team but again we have now all these factions how do you feel about faction warfare because as soon as this happened that was some of the criticism instantly other than fuck qt marshall it was another goddamn faction so how do you feel about that Hey, you know, uh, look, QT Marshall is going to be inherently more interesting to me if he's got a gang of buddies helping him beat somebody up when he otherwise shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So for a QT Marshall storyline where we're going to try to push QT Marshall, it's going to benefit QT Marshall and my interest, theoretically, to have a stable. And you can say that in perpetuity for a lot of folks. So I might, if I'm booking... Linda's lead us into a situation where we have a lot of factions as well. So I'm not necessarily turned off by that, but all of a sudden this is the month where everybody's staking their claim and which faction there is, is a little off putting. I agree. I think I like the idea that we're getting away from, well, I'm a good guy because I stand alone. Well, why are you a good guy? Because I stand alone. <laughs> I don't need help because I stand alone. I like, stand alone. That has been a babyface staple for as long as I can remember. Well, it's right? all Americana. I don't yeah, need no help. I, I, I don't, don't I need st- I pull up myself by my bootstraps. Fuck off. Hate that. It's only, it's it's by my own hard work I could get all of my dreams if these evil people weren't in the way. And, and yeah. I just need to overcome them. It's, yeah, I'll take them on two-on-one because I, I can do it. That's fucking dumb. So, I don't like that. Especially but if you I, have friends. Like, if you have yeah, friends, you don't have yeah, to do that. I don't have to do that if this guy's going to help me. So I like the idea that now we're acknowledging in 2021 pro wrestlers have friends. That makes sense. You know, I, I enjoy that. I yeah. know now Sean Spears and FTR are friendly and they're nice to, right. to each other. And they and hang out with gonna, an old guy. Yeah. And they're going to hang out with Tully and hear stories right. about uh, a four horseman gangbang or whatever the fuck he talks about. Now probably talks about that a lot. I wouldn't be shocked. He probably talks I, a lot 
probably a whole un- uncomfortable like, amount of times. I also like the idea, though, of putting now more matches on dark and elevation, which is all the time. And instead of, hypothetically, let's say, last week it was Anthony Agogo versus Billy Gunn. If you say that that match is on elevation next Monday night, Anthony Agogo versus, or last Monday night, Anthony Agogo versus Billy Gunn, you just say that's a throwaway match. Most likely Billy Gunn will lose because he wants the young talent to look good, right? But if you say it's the Nightmare Family representative, Billy Gunn versus the Fuckwads representative, Anthony Agogo, well, now it's not going to be something that I'm going to really tune in for, but I could see a run in from a nightmare family guy, yeah. or I could see a run in from a fuckwad and I could see a story develop more into something fun here. I really want them to name. I hope it is. Fuckwads. It is. <laughs> fuckwads. It is. Um, yeah. So uh, yes and no. So sidebar to get where we need to go. I'm upset that dark elevation is just dark too. Because so I far. want more so far. I want more storylines. And this is where you can get it. And yes, one of the reasons I'm not turned off necessarily by faction warfare as a general rule is because it should allow for so many more intertwining storylines of who's really with who. Who's the if you've ever watched like the fucking MTV challenges or or those mm-hmm. kind of things or the you know, the big brothers and that kind of stuff, like exactly that kind of stuff is what could and should be happening with your faction warfares. I the crutch that happens is we're taking each other on. We're going to find out. Oh, now the heels come in and now we come in. Everybody's clearing the way with fucking weapons. And that's not a storyline. That's my worry. So we'll see where that goes. And you're right. There could be all these little nuggets. I want dark elevation to dark. Great. Dark matches. Let's see some guys of talent, dark elevation. I would much prefer a little bit more Lucha underground. Like, right. A few more background things and some matches. And I think they're going to get there. I think initially they wanted to do maybe a soft launch where mm. they just said, hey, let's figure out what this is. And then eventually, maybe six months down the road, and especially when fans get involved, maybe we turn up the heat and tell you some more stories. Because they did initially say, hey, Tony Khan made a surprise appearance and made a match where Kenny Omega had to uh, to wrestle Matt Seidel on an L- on a AEW Dynamite. So there was a little story, right? Because, you know. Uh, Kenny Omega throughout the entire episode was just given the fucking how's your dad to fucking uh, Matt Seidel and Mike Seidel. So, you know, there was some storytelling there. Uh, let's keep going back, though, to um, uh, AEW Dynamite, who made the save for Cody as QT Marshall was about to take his head off was Red Velvet. And then as soon as Red Velvet maybe gets some shine and goes backstage and like, hey, ain't I great for saving Cody? Jade Cargill goes, bitch, I'm going to fuck how's you up. How's your father? Go- yeah, yeah, how's your mother? You know, <laughs> yeah, sure. a little cunt punt right there. And then I love how she beat her up and then goes, you made me break my heel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she like limped off. I mean, not limped, but because sure. her her uh, shoes were uneven, she did this little yeah. waddle off. I thought that was very funny. Yeah interesting and that was fun except i just thought that was odd that she makes the save thereby again like this you know she's really there for the nightmare family but then just two seconds later shit can just whap jade cargill all it takes is one little stomach punch she's got that big show hand you know what i mean and who was there for her Yeah, nobody no one from the nightmare family so we could could she join this uh fuckwads yeah 
she should join the fuck wads. She could be. <laughs> she could be a fuck twad, <laughs> right? You know, who knows? Yeah, uh, should be a female so, fuck wad. I don't even know that there was genders for fuck wads. Who knew? Yeah, it's twenty twenty one. It's twenty twenty one. All inclusive fuck wad group. Yeah, language is fluid. It can be whatever you want here. Right. Uh, after the commercial break. We get a promo package, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, who joined up on Elevation. Well, they joined up on Elevation, if but you like watch a, that. But, the, but, but, you, but you didn't say that, and, and you can't inherently think I'm going to be watching that, right? I'm watching TNT. I may not ever go on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, And you gave me no indicate. Like, and then I'm just like, oh, okay. I, I mean, I guess we vignette and tease folks all the time, but that one was just kind of like, oh, because I thought, we were going to do the brass ring thing again, <laughs> you know, and then like, and then just Ethan Page comes in and now he's a tag team with this guy who we just took out of a tag team thing. It's a lot of, again, there, there is, it's, they're showing there isn't a whole lot of, of singular direction. So we may grow accustomed to that. I'm, I'm starting to try to kind of deal with that, but and it, you know, maybe that's not the worst thing that is going to get some folks to, well, let's try this. Oh shit. That took off. Right? So, maybe. Yeah, but I don't think this is going to be the thing. So, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page? Are you looking forward to this uh, tag team classic in the, what is this, the 17th tag team now? Yeah, no, I don't like it at all. I really don't like Eddie and Ivory here for two reasons. One, just as you mentioned, Scorpio Sky just left SCU. If you're going to just have him have a new mission statement... Have SCU join that mission statement, and now it's some it's a, it's an established team that we already know, and we can say SCU is getting a re push into the trios or whatever tag division that we're going to create here, and so okay. But with Ethan Page, I don't understand how he could necessarily already have a gripe because he hasn't even, his coffee hasn't even got cold, and he's already saying I'm being held down. That makes zero sense, I man. forgot he fucking existed until this. Like, I forgot. I was like, oh, yeah, they brought him in. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. yeah, that's a different story. I think he's, I don't really necessarily think he's lighting the world on fire with who he is, but that's a different story. Maybe he can change that up and change my mind. But I just don't understand how he instantly is saying, I'm being held down. It's like, you can't say that yet. You haven't even made it to another pay-per-view. Didn't give me a title shot my second week. They did yeah. that to Rhea Ripley over in the, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So after the after the promo package of Ebony and Ivory, we get John Moxley taking on Caesar Bononi. Yeah, Caesar Bononi. Go yeah. Ahead. Well, the promo before this match where John oh. Moxley is like, I mean, this guy told me he's like, he's great. Looks like a Baywatch lifeguard. Like we got a lot of promise. We get a lot of money on this guy, but not if I kill him first on Dynamite. <laughs> like that was. Whatever though, like I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna go kill him. <laughs> that was so great. John Moxley's promos have been amazing ever since he's been, you know, out and about, you know, feeling free. I guess it were. Yeah, since he's been John Moxley, his promos are on a different level than when he was Dean Ambrose. That's a hundred percent fact there. Uh, but we get John Moxley versus Caesar Bononi outside alongside Caesar Bononi. We have the Hollywood hunks. Well, I guess uh, Nemeth is the Hollywood hunk, and then JD Drake is there i think that would be funny if you did a tag team with with those two guys but the hollywood hunk is jd drake if like jd drake walks around and they're like check this out did you see he got a photo shoot with gq and he's like a fucking course i did and it's yeah. like a baywatch shoot you know and all this stuff uh, it would be kind of fun if if 
we still have Namath as the Hollywood honk, right? He's hanging around with J.D. Drake, and it's kind of that. Remember when the um, the Viking Raiders were doing that thing where all the ladies loved the one yeah. of them, but they all loved J.D. Drake, and Ryan Namath's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and like, God damn it. That's the story. Yeah, yeah, that's the story where Ryan Nemeth is going, hey, ladies, check out my new yeah. swimsuit. And they go, oh, my God, J.D. Drake, did you get a new jacket? And yeah. he's like, yeah, you're this so, one's You're black. so hot. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. Picked it up at the Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the story we need to run with. Yeah. See, if you put that on elevation, that uh, can get you to right. uh, a dynamite or even, you know, a pay-per-view possibly. But fun note here, next week, J.D. Drake does get a TNT championship match against champion Darby Allen, so we'll see where that leads. Uh, John Moxley gets the victory, though, and uh, he's looking like a million dollars, and we go mm-hmm. right into a everything is fine promo package with team Taz and this one. And I know we've said this for a while here, but this was the promo where Ricky Starks just stuck out like a sore thumb. Everyone there looked as if they're about to grab brass knuckles and beat up the camera guy. And Ricky Starks is looking like he wants to jump on the beach and stay there for a month. It just, he does not fit into this group. Well, maybe that's where they're going, and maybe like I hope you so. Know. Yeah, because they're prefacing so. like they're they're well they're talking it all all around that Starks is like, hey, you should apologize, and maybe that's true or not, but maybe they're gonna be like, dude, shut up, and you got a big manly man over here ready to slap some meat, and you're wearing loafers with no socks. So you know what? Bounce right, and they just put the boots to him. And that could be the story, and maybe I'm still hopeful for that because, yeah, right now it's Taz is taking Ricky Stark's side saying, Brian Cage, you need to make sure Ricky Starks is happy. And it could turn into a thing where Taz says, wait a minute, Brian Cage did apologize to you. Stop. Yeah, yeah, stop with all of this stuff. Hook gives him the old, how's your father? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then Powerhouse Hobbs bends him over and shows him the 50 states and then kicks him out of Team Taz. You know what I mean? 50 states are... Where are the 50s? Never mind. We'll move Let on. Powerhouse Hobbs show you. Yeah, no. I'll bend you over and let no. you know where they're at. Nope. All right, now let's get no. into probably my favorite segment of the week, and it is MJF getting a cameraman in to give the gift of redoing the locker room to the pinnacle. And MJF says, thank you so much, camera guy. I'm so glad that you're documenting this. Uh, Pinnacle, I got you a new interior designer because this place is a fucking dump, yeah. isn't it? Yep. He's got like he's got a tailor there. They're yeah. Like, oh, I got an interior designer as well. Yeah. All the great stuff because it and, and and side note, isn't it just the most 2021 thing in the world to have a feud over a locker room? That just again, here you go, AEW. Here's this week's chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Yeah. A feud over a fucking locker see, room. It can is be just that perfect. simple sometimes. That's what it I'm is, saying. Right. It, it's it's it can be territory mm-hmm. and the real estate as a locker room and the pinnacle wants it and the inner circle wants it and each it week feels they're just so tearing uh, if yeah. you had a specific locker that you liked at your work and somebody else was trying to take it and like the the little infighting and politics mm-hmm. that would come from that. It's yeah. relatable. Yeah. So MJF says, hey, we're going to redo this whole fucking place. And the first thing we're going to start with is this smelly ass bathroom. And he opens up the door and oh, Christ, here is the inner circle staring him down. 
and MJF gives a moment, collects himself, shuts the door, says, guys, we got to go. We got to get out of here. The pinnacle, not seeing the inner circle, starts to look confused, like, what the hell's going on? MJF, make, MJF makes his way to the other door, opens it up. Uh, the man that Charisma forgot, Jake Hager, standing there looking like he can't read and says, I'm going to beat your ass. And then, boom, and we get a melee. Gave and it's, your father. He gave him, yeah. He, there was a whole melee here. We had Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara going after it. We had the tag teams going after it. The bald, fat one uh, of FTR, did you see him bleeding from the head? Mm-hmm. That yeah. was yeah. G-Man at Christmas. That did not look like it was supposed to happen. Mm-mm. These segments they do in the like backstage fighting segments, they do really well, right? The cinematography, whatever you want to call that, like mm-hmm. how they shoot it and how they kind of chain the segments is done really well. Ever since the early days of, uh, that they've been doing these, like with the stadium stampede and any other mm-hmm. thing, like I like how they do this. Versus, you know, the the standard definition stuff we've been getting with the WWE. Like, I like this kind of moving room to room well, into feels, the next thing, and it feels real, yeah. right? And it feels like an action movie with yeah. AW. Yes, it does feel so like an action far, movie. So far, we're seeing an action scene, right? right? Where we're the cuts cutting. are very much like that. That's right. Yeah. Next room, another camera. Yep. Yeah, and it's this moment, and this moment, and this moment, and then the next thing is. This guy gets thrown into an ice tub and then, you know, all of that where WWE just goes, isn't this fucking crazy? Look at the camera. We're just fucking going in and out. And it's like, I'm sick. I, you just threw three punches yeah. and I'm going to bomb They didn't move anywhere. They just did all those same things where they did them in one room and you just shook the camera a bunch. Yeah. yeah. And so that, ugh. anyhow, yep. any, uh, besides the point, another thing that I want to point out that I did like is credit to the inner circle for beating Tully Blanchard's ass. They didn't forget about him either. They went yeah, him. Hey, he's a wrestler. Yeah, they gave him Jane, a How's your punches. grandfather? Yeah, you know, <laughs> give this to your grandma. Wow. And, uh, and I thought that was good because they didn't ignore him. He didn't, and he also didn't cower away. He didn't do the, oh, and runs away. And he didn't now Paul Heyman just, himself out of there. Right. It was, but fuck it. Come on, Santana. I'll, you know, I'll give you a good old, uh, Abe Lincoln and oh, Jack Johnson right fucking, here. And, I'm totally bunch. You know how many goddamn four horsemen gangbangs I've been in? How fucking <laughs> fuck you? <laughs> I told you, he talks about it an uncomfortable amount of times. You know? <laughs> hey, More than Hogan wanna... talks about slamming the giant. <laughs> yeah. If you actually want to punch him in the mouth, we're kind of tired of hearing these stories. <laughs> right. So uh, it, the segment ends with MJF getting thrown through uh, uh, a little Coke machine here. It Give looked him a, a swirly. Lot... I like yeah, that. Well, he gave him a swirly first. And then, Kept yeah. called him a piece of crap. Yeah, fun. and then th- threw him through the little Pepsi machine mm. there. It gave me some flashbacks to 2008 or nine or whatenever it was when Chris Jericho threw uh, Shawn Michaels' head through the Megatron. Mm, Remember when yeah. he threw his mm-hmm. head like that? Felt a lot like that. But then they took him, and then they dragged him and threw him out. And then the fight over the dressing room, they s- tore down the pinnacles, logo and they put the inner circles logo I, I back like on that, that locker room poured out the little bit of the bubbly out for him right on the back <laughs> he's like this is our locker room bitch yeah. love uh. it it was a great segment the other thing that i was really excited to hear is he said it's only gonna get worse from here so this mm-hmm. wasn't the hey we want our dressing room back now go fight someone else it was oh this is step one of a 12-step ass whipping program that you just enrolled yourself into so How's your father? I love it. How's you know? your father? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Now, after this, we got Marvez interviewing the Young Bucks. He doesn't even, I think, get a question in. And Don Callis interrupts. I thought it was interesting where Don Callis essentially said Marvez hit the bricks, but then he said, uh, blonde-headed Young Buck, you hit the bricks too. I think his name is Nick. Yeah, Young Buck too, which I think his name is Nick. I I think you're right. And Matt is standing there. Young Buck one. Yeah, Young Buck one. And Don Callis just plays the biggest mind games with him to where this was interesting. Mm -hmm. I thought this was great. I love Don Callis more every time I see him. And this is the part that was really great is because of the history that we that we do know between them, you know, uh, the the super elite, all of that kind of stuff playing into it. And the believability from both guys in this promo or, or, or the segment, I should say, I don't, what do you think happens here? So later on we get a, a match and you know, the young bucks come out with John Moxley next week. We're going to John Moxley and the young bucks versus Kenny Omega and the good brothers early indications. What do you think happens there? So I, you know, if I'm going with storylines as I understand them for the most part, you would think he is playing mind games with Matt, which causes a little bit of them going like, "Man, come on, what are you gonna, what are you, Matt?" Right? Like the the young bucks are fighting back and forth, right? Like you shouldn't be talking to him, and he's like, "Man, I mean, I wouldn't talk to him, I wouldn't talk to him," right? And then it becomes this like. In his next bout coming up, are they going to help him? Are they going to not? Because Matt's kind of leaning them into, you know, maybe he's right. And then, surprise, we don't, and Kenny Omega loses, right? Um, Or, or they do, and we continue that for another time when they finally go, fuck this, we're out of here, right? Um, But I don't know. I I just don't. It's This one is good storyline for me because I don't know what's coming, but it's also not, it doesn't feel like, I don't know what it's coming, and I can't wait to see what's next. It's more just like a, all right, they did that, right? <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, I think it's unique. in a good, I, yeah, I think it's in a good spot for the story, which is ultimately Kenny Omega's story, and I also think it's a good spot for the show where it's not closing each and every week with what will the young bucks do? Mm, right. Will they will they turn on the elite? Will the elite implode? All of that kind of stuff. So I like where its placement is on the on the episode. And to your point, I like just all the different lanes we can go down because we could do a lot of stuff here. We could say next week the young bucks turn on John Moxley. Eddie Kingston's hurt. So now we got the super elite reunited and it's a super elite just trying to, you know, exercise the demon that is John Moxley and get him out of AEW while Eddie Kingston's nursing his bum ankle, right? Or we could do Young Bucks, Good Brothers at the next pay-per-view for the titles. Or we could do Kenny Omega sees the light, turns on the Good Brothers and Don Callis, joins the Young Bucks. He goes face, and we get the Super Elite that way. It's a lot of fun stuff. That's why I'm interested, because they haven't tipped their hand where we say, like, well, it's going to be a good story, but we have to get there, so we have to do A, B, and C first, and then we'll get the pay-per-view match. But something tells me, like, they've got an idea, and they've got a plan. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think these guys are always the best – at pulling it off um you know what i mean matt jackson was a little like like oh, hey man no, oh i'm sad hey don't talk to me right like that kind of you know just but i think they know where they're going i don't know if we're gonna necessarily think it's all that great but i think maybe it's gonna be a lot more of these like wait a minute what does that mean kind mm-hmm. of aspects to it so 
I agree. So after that segment, we get Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers taking on the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. Good match. Here's my beef with it, though, is Pentagon is so fucking cool. And I know for what his style is, it's not everyone's cup of tea. And to be honest with you, sometimes the slap on the chest while we hold hands and I run up the ropes and then do a flippy and you just fall on your back. I'm not a fan of, but he has an it factor. You know, the St. Patrick's Day thing when he put on a hat, that made me laugh. He just, and the, he the does, second, he's got a charisma. Yeah. He's got, he's got it. And what we're doing right now, even with Phoenix, who I think is just the most, uh, you know, uh, reckless wrestler within, you know, good reckless, not like actually hurting people, but he just, he'll do a fucking sunset flip and he might land in the sixth row. Cause fucking why not? You know, uh, but with these two guys, but more Pentagon than Phoenix, I just feel like they're getting lost in the shuffle of, and then they lost again to John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And then they lost again to a combination of Kitty Omega and Matt Jackson or whatever it is. And it's like, man, you can't just have them lose every time because they're not SCU. And no disrespect to SCU, but SCU could li- lose their next 10 matches in a row. And I don't give a fuck, right? Like, it's fine. Lucha Brothers keep losing. And it's like, man, those are my guys. I want them. I want them to win. I want them to win. Yeah. You know? I want them to win, man. So that was my beef mm-hmm. there is, is we're, I feel like at the expense of the Lucha Bros. Uh, Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid were telling the Kenny Omega Good Brothers Young Bucks story, and that or just brothers in this match, brother, yeah, brother, 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 brother. brother. Uh, but again, as I mentioned after the match, uh, Kenny Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, or excuse me, Good Brothers win. But then John Moxley comes out, and was like, ah, look at this, I'm gonna fight you, motherfuckers, three on one. I don't give a shit. Look at me, I'm a snake. I'm a snake. Snake. I'm a snake. And then here comes, you know, uh, fucking the other set of brothers, Matt and Nick, Young Buck one, Young Buck two, and they said, "We got your back." And then they rush the ring. Is it Young Buck one and Young Buck two, or are they Young and Buck? Would you make the younger brother the Young, and then the older brother Mm. the Buck? Mm. Mm. That's true. Yeah, you're Young and I'm Buck. Is Young the Marty? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after the commercial break, uh, Britt Baker gives her promo where, as I mentioned earlier, says, hey, I didn't fucking lose any match because that match was not sanctioned. So Thunder Rosa, you know, suck my asshole. Yeah, you I'm win fucking bitcher. Yeah, you yeah. didn't win nothing. Uh, so I love that. Keep going with this Thunder Rosa Britt Baker. It was a great highlight of don't forget who Britt Baker is. And it's a great continuation without throwing it in your face that Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa do not fucking like each other. And you can continue that till I'm fucking dead. It'll probably be a year, but like, just keep on going. Orton Cena. Yeah. But in a good way, right? Yeah. But, but in a good way to where I'm not like, you know, like the fucking another Orton Cena match. Uh, so yeah, next up after that, we get Hikaru Shida versus and Tay Conti taking on the bunny and Nyla Rose. Let's get into your thoughts here. What'd you think? I mean, it was fine. Again, it wasn't a bad match or anything, but there's just, and I mean, there's some minimal storyline going on here, but I just, uh, this again felt like 
this was what used to feel like what we felt like when we would see these women's matches where we were like, you guys doing filler? You know what I mean? Or you guys like, it's your turn. You four this time. And that's kind of how I felt about it. The part about this match that I liked is Dark Order was at ringside. And so was, I don't know what we're calling them, Matt Hardy's party or whatever. I don't know what they're calling There's that little like story, you know, interaction happening there. Kind of this flirting, if you will. Well, but what I like about it is it felt like they were all connected. It didn't feel like Nyla Rose was this sore thumb in a match where, to your point, it's just four women wrestling. It felt as if, going back to that, uh, you know, gang-style warfare here, is faction warfare, I guess, is all of these people. You could have Nyla Rose jump down and get replaced by Butcher, and you could have... Tay Conti jumped down and get replaced by uh, 10 and just have that match. It would make sense because they all fucking don't like each other. So I thought the seamless integration of all these people not liking each other, but no one really sticking out to where it's like, well, why would that person be in here? This doesn't make any sense. You know, a lot of the fallback to what uh, mixed tag matches were was just, I'm a guy and I don't like that guy and you're a girl and you don't like that girl. So let's wrestle. What? Why would you two like so each other? We're gonna fight now. Yeah, it's like take off the pants. Let's fight. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what they said. Right. Yeah. So I, I liked how everything had continuity and it made sense. What did you think, though, as far as um, the bunny getting the victory here? Are we gonna get a push from the bunny? Probably not. I mean, you don't think so? Maybe an attempt. But, like, not anything that's going to stick or be – again, I think there's just enough storyline, which would be great for Dark and Dark Elevation, right? Get into more depths of this interactions between these ladies and the Dark Order and, and you know, I, I just – Tay Conti, like you said, is on a, on a tear. So, like, give me a little more – Yeah, she's great. Give me a little more reason to care, mm-hmm. I think. I would like to say, though, after this, whatever we're doing, maybe if we do one more blow off next week, let's get Sheeta refocused in being that bad bitch of the champion. I'm I'm like everyone here, but, you know, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is fucking Sheeta and have her go on a tear. And as much as I like faction warfare, I feel like maybe she needs to be the one that does the I stand alone. She pulls a sting. Yeah. Or the just, the just goes like, I got a, a kendo stick and I'm going to hit every bad bitch that comes in five feet of me. Wop, wop. I'm Sheeta. Ha. Right. You know, I don't know. That's yeah, what I want to see from Sheeta. Like That's it. what I want. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like that idea. Now let's get into the main event. Okay. Arcade Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Kip Sabian and Miro taking on Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. How much fun was this? Yeah, I think it was better than, you know, we, I think it, it, it beat the bar we were setting for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think that was good that we set the bar where we set it because I think we were giving it credit that like, they could probably surpass our expectations and they did. And and I thought it was good. And this felt similar to what was that one they had where, uh, when they fought the LAX, right? The, um, Santana or yeah, the street right? fight. Yeah, yeah. This kind of felt like that kind of fun where it was like, this isn't like, Major, 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 but this is a great way to end the show. It felt like a big fight, right? It was good. 
I didn't think it was as good as the street fight with Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, not as good. No. That was on a whole nother level that But is that kind just... of um feel as to like how that fight comes across, right? That of kind course. of style of, of what I'm watching here, if you will, yeah. as an event, if you will. Yes, I totally agree. It's one of those things where you can watch it back and you don't necessarily need to be tuned in to what that story right, don't even was. don't know anything about it, yeah. Because we've said this before, but the story has been a little bit repetitive, a little bit too long. And this was a good way to get the get this done, right? Let's have this as the final point. Miriam and Kip Sabian, you guys are going this way. Best friends, we're going this way. And this had so many fun surprises. So first off, out of a fucking uh, toy machine, what do they call it when the claw, the claw. grabs it's all? Is that what it's I called? Claw know. machine? Yeah. But out of the claw machine comes Chris Statlander. And she... Yeah, that was interesting. I thought she broke Penelope Ford's face the way she pushed that. Gave her the how's your father? Bl- oh my God! Yeah, she said, you know, here's a nose job for free because she hit her right in the goddamn Tony Khan's gonna mush. buy you a new face. Yeah, here you go. Here's a wedding present. And she came out, and what I liked post match uh, on Twitter, if you saw this, Kip Sabian said, or not Kip Sabian, excuse me, um, Orange Cassidy said, uh, hey, the alien sits with us now. I love that. How he like claimed the alien because she is from out of this world i enjoyed that i thought that was good um that was the first surprise and then the second and i popped for this i legitimately my wife was watching another show and she's like are you okay i was like sue is back it's sue i love sue she is wholesome but will give you a middle finger and a heartbeat it was so great and then also trent was there but Sue showed up in the minivan, and I thought it was so much fun. Uh, as I mentioned, Trent comes out looking like a million dollars. Credit to him for re- recovering from uh, that injury that he had. Was it a peck? Or, I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, but credit to him for getting back into to, uh, in-ring shape. Spleenectomy. Maybe. You could have told me anything there, and yeah. I would have believed you. Spleenectomy. And, and here we go. We got Trent joining forces which also gets miro over because now it took the best friends and orange cassidy to take out kip sabian but more so miro in this and miro did great he took a um a video game machine i think it was mortal Kombat, and tried to throw it upside chuck's head he looked awesome in a losing effort so i thought everyone out of this thumbs up great job yeah i agree this was um this was fun. It, there was action packed. The twists and turns, the surprises. I think even if if you were one to go like, this is where Trent comes back, and he'll probably do it with Sue. Like even if you thought that, I know not a damn person was like, I bet Chris Statlander pops out of you know like that was <laughs> not nobody called that. So that was cool. I agree. Uh, it was action packed. Yeah, it was action packed. And again, those little things that went along with an arcade. For example, Chris Statlander putting. Uh, Penelope Ford through the uh, the hockey, the air hockey uh, table. Thought that was a fun thing. They were grabbing kendo sticks from like the prize wall, which I thought that was a fun uh, bit of uh, you know adding to the match. Well, and yeah, also, everybody, everybody, that's where you get your kendo sticks that you then like put under your bed, under the ring, in your closet. Now, that makes sense. Right. Everybody knows that. Come on. I didn't. The yeah. more you know, shooting mm-hmm. star. Woo. Uh, I also loved. How Orange Cassidy has a new song. Did you catch this? The Pixies. Uh, oh, uh, right. Mm-hmm. And that's how we ended 
AEW Dynamite was the Pixies playing. We get Trent, Chuck, and Orange, Cassidy, and Chris Statlander doing the thumbs up to Sue, and Sue's honking the horn and fucking being happy. Oh, Sue, man. the best friends. God. So that was AEW Dynamite. Tim, what did you think? I liked it. I, I, this show never really disappoints. It never it does. Yeah. So mm-hmm. far. Obviously, there's been some down points, and I think when they were flirting with the idea of Mike Tyson versus Chris Jericho and then bringing in Vitor and all of those guys, eh. But this, this type of show is what I want to present to people that were watching the Attitude Era or the people that said, hey, so you like this? Like, what is it about? It's like this. This is what I like right here. Watch all the fun. It's fucking fun. It's fun. You know? And it could be serious. To your point, I think you said this off air and not on the, the podcast, but when MJF opened up that door and he saw the inner circle, there was a bit of comedy where he goes like, oh, shit, and does the gulp, you know? Mm. But then it got right to seriousness, right? Sean Spears had his head fucking slammed into uh, slammed in by Sammy Guevara, you know, the the fat FTR guy was bleeding like a stuck pig. Like, it also got serious in the same moment. So, I love this. It was so great. Yeah, I am. Um, AW Dynamite, the 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 way to go out with the with the arcade, whatever they call it, arcade anarchy, uh, with the, the inner circle thing. I think, like, that's what usually I come away with is they gave us a couple moments each time that we kind of remember and the nuggets and what does that mean for the next storyline. They've done a real good job at various things that can hold your attention i agree so then it's time to talk about the flip side of things right we gave you the positive now we're going to give you the patient and it's growing (laughs) thin (laughs) it's growing thin wwe so now we kind of lump all of it in together because we don't even we don't do a step-by-step breakdown of each show like we did with aw dynamite because fuck that it's way too long and And, it's not as fun and i think you know i mean i think we happily talked about each of those things more than we're going to sum up these six or seven things we're going to talk about wwe so we're going to hop around we're going to talk some nxt things we're going to talk some raw talk some smackdown you know brother smacks himself down (laughs) would you say Okay, let's talk about something easy here. NXT is moving to Tuesday. So this is ending the Wednesday Night Wars, which they decidedly lost. I think they maybe won it once. Um, I don't, I don't, who knows? Uh, we don't fact check. Don't. And this now, I think Impact has moved to Thursday. So now we're going to have, we've got Monday Raw. Yeah. Tuesday NXT. Okay. Wednesday Dynamite. Hey! Thursday Impact. Nah. Friday SmackDown. And and I'm not even talking about MLW. I'm not even talking ROH. I'm not talking uh, New Japan. I'm not talking all these other things you could be watching. There's a lot of wrestling, but at least now we're starting to spread them out. Everybody's got a night. All the big players well, got a night. So I think it actually, mm, I think it's a little bit scary for these promotions to all have their night because mm. you're going to have the shit eating wild men who and women who watch all this shit and consume it and make top 10 lists on TikToks of their favorite moments from all the promotions, the da, 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 right. But then you're also going to have wrestling fans who may be hardcore wrestling fans like you and I, but don't have all the time in the world. And eventually maybe a Thursday night on impact. We ain't watching that anymore. You know why? Because we have a different interest. Maybe 
a Netflix show has caught our interest or we're doing a family night and we have to make one sacrifice here and it's going to be that because the other ones are better. So this is where the cream is going to rise to the top. I think when you compete with each other, you can still do that thing where it's like, I'm watching TV, but if this is bad, I can flip to the other thing. Well, yeah, and you, by nature, go, oh, I wonder what the other one's doing right. at the same time. You know that competition's there. But if you do your own night, and I understand with uh, DVR and recording of television shows, you can make it on demand essentially whenever you want. But again, if you start... It's on Peacock. Oh, Jesus. You can't stop and rewind that bullshit, but they had the capabilities, but then they didn't bring it up. Anyhow... What I was getting at, though, is if you start to say, I'm not like I'm going to choose other interests on certain nights, then on those certain nights, whatever that show is, starts to drift away like a sailboat, you know, and you start to wave at it like it was the Titanic and just go, hope you do well. Might run into an iceberg, but like I'm not going to be a part of that ship. So I think this is going to be interesting to see who survives and who doesn't as we move forward. Yeah, it should be interesting. Um which, by the way, did you see impact ratings for this uh, no. uh, last episode? They had some? Well, not really. <laughs> okay. So Kenny Omega, you know, popped a few ratings for him, and they've done decent as well. But I saw a thing, and again, I don't like to get into this conversation too much, but it was interesting. I saw that impact had 38,000 views of views, 38,000 viewers for their last episode. 38,000? Yikes. That's not good. That's not. I didn't even realize it was that low. Like, I remember they were getting 100,000 numbers, but like. It said 38,000. Now, again, I don't fact check, so maybe I'm wrong here, but. Eesh. Anyhow, what were you going to. At WrestleMania. <laughs> were people know, getting mean, COVID the, at yeah, WrestleMania? Be more people <laughs> catching COVID fr- from being at WrestleMania than watched Impact. The last episode of Impact. Hey yo! All right, um, we're gonna get Owens versus Zayn in a way that nobody ever wanted to get Owens versus Zayn at Mania. Of all the amazing stories that these two have told, going up against you each could other, tell. And- and all the different promotions. They've told great stories in the past in WWE on the main roster. Obviously, they had that classic in NXT, Kevin Owens' first night, then he turns on his best friend. The Ring of Honor ladder matches that they had, uh, the PWG matches that they had, and now the the pinnacle, no pun intended, nope. but the ultimate of ultimate. Yeah, the ultimate of ultimate shows, and this amazing feud that lasts 10 to 15 years and we get, oh, hey, let's do that. I can't imagine how in their gut they've got it. Like, you know these guys are going to go out and try to steal the show. And they're probably going to do some shit where we're going to be like, that match was great. But, like, you know in their gut they're going to feel like this is fucking pointless. You know what's going to happen, though. So have you been paying attention on social media? Mm. Well... Sami Zayn cuts that impassioned promo about being disrespected by the WWE. I forget how it got to this person, but then, well, no, No. not yet, but I can't remember. It's uh, one of the Paul brothers. I refuse to learn their names. The, the Paul brother, he said like, you may be onto something here. And so tomorrow night on SmackDown, they're doing a red carpet thing where Sami Zayn's going to bring out that Paul brother and they're going to have the, uh, you know, Jeremiah Paul 
You know the Paul brothers? No. You know how, yeah. Uh, he's gonna. Uh, so, Jake. J- Jake Jake Paul is gonna box Ben Askren. Oh yeah yeah okay I get what you're saying yeah now Those, I, get what you're, I was thinking yeah. of wrestlers I was trying to think of like who you're no 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 about. the celebrity uh I don't know his name Logan Paul Logan Paul mm-hmm. he was gonna box Floyd Mayweather yeah which, yeah yeah he's yeah. a shit talker and yeah right but he's gonna be on SmackDown so we're gonna get at WrestleMania however Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn wrestle Logan Paul gets involved and so the two you know generational talents that they are are there to make sure that logan paul gets a you know moment at wrestlemania so i know we say we don't like want wwe retreads and i like that aw is showing us new people and we say more of that but like i wish there was yet another one with the same kind of money and backing where we could get these guys out of wwe and have a go at it i wouldn't mind if these two plucked out and showed up in aw tomorrow and i never saw qt marshall again I agree. Yeah. yeah. When it when it comes to those type of talents, I 100% agree. Where I think for me personally, where I'm like, Alistair Black, think you're great, go Never. to New Japan. Andrade, I, Andrade, go to AAA talk, okay. or whatever. Great. Next story. I wasn't planning on talking this. Andrade's out. We knew that. He's saying Charlotte was told she got the CM Punk treatment. You got you know, you're, you're, you got something that you don't have. Not that these are the same, like being pregnant isn't a disease, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, so uh, you know, some of that's happening, and then Charlotte's disappeared and out of mania and all this, and and everybody's like Andrade, he's got no claw, he can go wherever he wants, and and he's finally out of the. I never saw anything in Andrade that I was like, man, if this guy would just get out of the WWE umbrella, right? Have you? Have, did you see this? Like, like you said, how Penta? We don't know anything he's saying. We kind of, you know what I mean? We don't know really what's going on with the storyline, but he's got the charisma in the room where we're like, let's watch this guy. Not with Andrade. Not even close ever once. And I don't get how everybody's like, oh my God, I think he's going to be a game changer somewhere. Well, he had that amazing match with Johnny Gargano, which you could argue maybe was Johnny Gargano's match, right? But they had an amazing yeah. match at NXT. He yeah, was the match, NXT champion. Again, and we've yeah. talked about this. Like, I mean, great. If you go yes. give me a couple cool matches, okay. But like, there's still... Right, I'm watching week to week to be enthralled in story. Yeah, right? I, I I don't think I ever really saw it. You know, Zelina was fun and she was interesting. And then if you have muscle, which he was, <laughs> yeah. okay, I can get into that. But him by himself, like I said, I don't want to see him on AEW. I don't yeah. want to see. I don't want to see Andrade take a spot away from a Scorpio Sky or Andrade take a spot away from. Uh, even a Darby Allen or a Kip Sabian. I want to see more of those guys than I want to see Andrade. Okay. Uh, Matt Riddle, Sid Vicious himself. Uh, forgot we were live, brother. Yeah. what He just he, rode off into poor, the sunset. I, poor Matt Riddle. But for Matt Riddle's benefit, he's got the most unique character to handle this in stride, right? Like anybody else, this looks way worse than Riddle because somebody not really half paying attention doesn't kind of even notice what just happened there. They go, yeah, that guy's fucking weird, right? Yeah, if you do this, if this mess up happens with a serious character, even if though the storyline is Seth stupid. Rollins. In yeah, the middle Seth of his like angry speech goes, oh man, I never forget it. I forgot what I'm saying, and yeah, walks if, off. If Roman Reigns uh-huh. were to forget his line and walk off, laughing, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a death nail to whatever the promo was that they were saying. But with Matt Riddle, it, maybe it was real. Like that's how 
of a goofy is, which right. I like, but that's how much of a goofy is where he actually can recover from this and maybe he keeps the, doing it. The funnest part was Oscar being like, what the fuck just happened? And then she just laughs. Yeah, she was like, okay, well, I'm going to walk away from this awkward situation. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yikes, we're, we're live, brother. Yeah, we're live, we're live pal. Motherfucker, we'll do it live. All right. Um, so you said Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is still in the main event of WrestleMania and still is Edge, but so is now officially, 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 officially Daniel Bryan. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought it up. You you sent me a, a quote from Edge talking about how guys can't sell moves, which he has somewhat of a point. I, I forget what he said, where he says people are moving too fast, so like a German suplex they just get up from or whatever. Yeah, he said he sees some like people no selling, uh, you know, a belly to belly or whatever. He's like, but those suck. Like, so why would we condition our audience to think that they don't? Like, those hurt. Like, I I've done them. I know they hurt. Yeah, sure, like, we could stand up and act like it didn't hurt, but why would we do that? And, awesome point, I would counter with, Edge, tell me why your character's mad. I don't fucking get it. And for you to have this, I have a mind for pro wrestling, and I can, you know, really dig into a program with John Cena, and we can get the audience reaction to make you go, whatever, Mm -hmm. cheer or boo, the fuck are you mad about in the story? Well, he's mad that Daniel Bryan worked his way into the into the match, right? It was so, so. Well, it, I mean, you're taking away my spot. I gotta want now. Now I gotta fight you too. Well, so he fucked himself by making it a triple threat. If he didn't get involved, if we're in kayfabe land here, if yep. he didn't get involved at the last pay per view, the appendix, and cost Daniel Bryan the match. Daniel Bryan had Roman Reigns tapping. Edge is still going to fight for the championship in a one-on-one match. Yeah, it just would have been. Yeah, like he, he would. Why would it? Yeah, I, I mean, unless you're just really like, no, I was going to take down the fucking biggest king of of today. Now, if you want to tell that story, but so far we have not told that story. We have just said yeah. that Edge wants the title that he never lost, the World Heavyweight Championship, yeah. which he had to relinquish when he retired. <laughs> Nine years it just, ago, or it whatever all it is. really feels, and maybe the reason I'm not digging in and and trying to pick it apart as deep as you are is because Roman Reigns is going to win the fucking match, so I don't give a shit. Like, well, I well, I think I think the common belief, if you were to ask anyone who's paying attention, is that Daniel Bryan's losing. Mm-hmm. That's why he's here, right? Is so that both guys can look okay. Hey. Roman Reigns as a pissed off head of the table where he doesn't have the title. I agree. The chase is generally cooler than having the title is the story. Um, mm-hmm. The heel can, I feel like sit on the title longer and yeah. be more entertaining, mm-hmm. right? Have more story built in than a, the face holding the title. Um, so but yeah, Roman yeah, Reigns wins. Yeah. Roman Reigns wins. Yeah. Um, the hurt business. Oh, Oh, so run down the timeline of events because you seem to do that better that happened through Raw and what led to the end reformation of the Hurt Business, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. I'm so upset. Mm-hmm. So they do a promo to kick off the show, and Bobby Lashley's like, hey, you motherfuckers, 
are losing matches and That's making me look yeah and making me look weak by getting involved when you don't need to be getting involved because I'm the champion. Check out my muscles. I look like an action figure. I'm the fucking man. Act like I'm the fucking man. And they were like, "Hey, chill the fuck out, bro." Bro. And he's like, "Bro." Yeah. Uh yeah, they were talking to Matt Riddle before the promo. Yeah. And then MVP just says, "Look here, assholes. You're out." And they just stopped the the her business, which mm-hmm. is a stupid move, but if that was the only segment that involved factions and Bobby Lashley, I'm okay. But let's fast forward to the main event. So throughout this entire story, and even last week, Bobby Lashley's put a bounty on uh, Drew McIntyre's head. If you take out Drew McIntyre, I'll give you the shot. So Drew McIntyre does the whole thing backstage where he's like, Braun? And Braun apparently can't do two things at once. He's like, I got Shane McMahon. I'd rather have a match with Shane McMahon than the championship because the championship's the most important thing, but not in this regard. (laughs) And then he goes to Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle's like, bro. And then he laughs and walks off again. He does it, but you know what I mean. And then he throws two other fucking people around. And then Ricochet's like, we've known each other. And if you want to fight, look, you know where you can come. So they wrestle. Drew McIntyre beats him. Then Masafa Ali comes out and is like, hey, this bounty's real. I think Drew McIntyre is in a disadvantaged uh, position here. It's I'll take some advantage. Retribution. Oh, never mind. Oops. And not for that. But I'll take advantage of this situation. I'll beat him. And then Drew McIntyre is like, yeah, look at you. You're silly. Get out of here. You suck. And so you think, okay, Drew McIntyre, you know, uh, conquers the bounty and now it's going to be Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre going into WrestleMania. And out of fucking nowhere comes the most uninteresting person since Jake Hager, Baron Corbin, and he beats up Drew McIntyre. And then Bobby Lashley puts him in a in a full Nelson, bends him over and shows him the 50 states. And fucking Baron Corbin's talking shit. If it's a bounty, he's trying to take him out. But if it's a faction, he's talking shit while Bobby Lashley's doing the work. The fuck? All right. So and he's on SmackDown. So here's what the fuck. They are going to go into Mania. Baron Corbin, you know, thinking, all right. And, and I think what it, they're going to tell him is it's going to be MVP, Bobby Lashley, and they're going to tell him, like, all right, you didn't necessarily collect on the bounty, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to help us win this match at Mania, and then you'll get the first shot, right? Corbin's like, yup, yup, got it, right? And her business keeps coming in. Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin are fighting them off, right? They, they sick Baron Corbin on the, uh, the other two, you know, Alexander and whatever. And he gets his ass kicked, of course, right? Um, but we get to Mania. Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, battle, 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 wrestle, 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 right? We do all that. Uh, Baron Corbin's out there getting involved, right? Giving him the how's your father when the ref's not looking, right? And out comes Alexander and and Shelton, uh, Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin, and they're like, "Fuck this! Nah, fuck it! Ain't gonna go down like this." And they go and they actually beat the fuck up out of uh, Drew McIntyre, and uh, and then like you know what I mean. So the thing is, they weren't allowed at ringside because they were the hurt business. Now they're not the fucking hurt business, right? They came out to ringside because they were whatever. Swerve, bam, they're out. And then and then Baron Corbin's like, "Yeah," and they're like. Beat it, fuck! You didn't do shit. Beat his ass too. Nobody fucking likes you. And they're out. If 
Bobby Lashley gets the victory and they do that, I'm okay with it. If they do that and Drew McIntyre overcomes the odds, that's a kick right in the pills. Do not like that. So I like that idea, but I still think the theory of we need to have Drew McIntyre get a win in front of fans so that he can hear some cheers because last year he did it in front of no one. I think that's the theory going into WrestleMania. And if we think that uh, Roman Reigns is going to win on the SmackDown side, you need a babyface to win on the other side. <sighs> uh, maybe not. I, nope. I just booked it. So you just. I like it. I like what yeah. you booked. Yeah, but, but getting... Bobby Lash has to win that. You can't do that with yeah. the with him doing it. And yeah. Because then the ref goes, because in WWE storytelling, they'll take that. They'll take your idea and they say, hey, thanks. Let me make one tweak to it. And what they do is then the ref becomes the smartest man in the fucking world and says, "Uh, you're out of here. Right. And then we just fucking ruin that and blew our wad before we put on the fucking condom. And who gives a shit about that? I hate it when that happens. God, it's the worst. Um, So... It's that's what's gonna happen if mm-hmm. that does happen. All right. I still like the idea of the, like Baron Corbin. They're like, no, we just use you. You're punk. Nobody likes you. And he's like, you know. And they're like, yeah, no, I'm a king. Like, yeah, they're like, no, you're not. You're the I'm a yeah. king. Yeah, Bobby Lashley wears this fucking crown as he beats his ass. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> I, everybody would love it. Oh, yeah, that fun. would make them face. Can't do that. All right. So last topic we're gonna talk about WWE and it's about Raw and it's about Raw in general. Was this the absolute worst? fucking raw since we've done this show yeah i mean off the top of my head again we don't fact check so i'm not gonna go do do a deep dive of you know the worst episodes in raw but it definitely comes top of mind and i will also say is this the worst build to wrestlemania oh, it feels this, like it this feels and we've said that before in the past and then we've been proven wrong i mean if i was my age when there was like some of the doink years and some of that i mean maybe but i don't man yeah and i even during the spanish announce table times probably there was one which one did we say was like gonna be shit but like turned out to be okay matches was that like 31 or some shit yeah 31 31. because when seth rollins because remember how they ended that it was um it was Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar just grabbing a title and shaking it. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. yeah, that build was weird. That was not good. And then even, you know, the Triple H Roman Reigns, uh, even though Triple H won the title at the Royal Rumble in that, uh, you know, match for the WWE Championship, that build was uh Last year's build was, you know, we can set aside like, hey, COVID fucked up a lot of things, so we can give you a, a pass on that one. But yeah, this one, this feels like we're going into Fastlane. Mm-hmm. It feels like we're going into Fastlane and not WrestleMania. And that's the most depressing thing about WWE, other than that they're on the Peacock. Hmm. All right, have you well, got Peacock yet? Have I have you got the Peacock? I think I'm going to cancel. I tried to watch it the other day. It's so difficult to search. It's so difficult yeah. to find I, things. Now listen, I, it's not miss on me that like... We will two fifty a month for the first four months, and then five whatever is a great price just to get the pay per views. So I understand that back catalog is one thing, and the whole host of philosophical conversations we could get about what they're doing with that. Aside, just the price point of being access all the special events so I can watch them at five bucks a month is a great deal. 
So I may still, even at that, but not until they give me watch from beginning, you know what I mean? Like pause and rewind. They say that's coming probably by SummerSlam, but that's probably when I'll pay for it then because I don't watch live. So literally I, I can go access it. If Mania happens tonight, sometime tonight I could watch it live. I could access it live, you know, at on-demand pause when I want, start from beginning, all that kind of jazz tomorrow morning without paying you five bucks a month. Yeah, I just don't like the the experience anymore. As I said, when I first got it, I was so impressed with just the amount of content. I didn't have to leave the app if I didn't want to because I could go from wrestling to Parks and Rec to SNL yeah. to whatever it was, right? But now I'm I'm trying to search for things and I can't find them or then I see something and so I can't I will get say back to it. For the it's network, the- I've had playstation view i've had youtube tv right i've had netflix i've had you know hulu for a short little period of time um i've seen online portals like this you know for things like this and wwe network was probably the most like just intuitive user-friendly one of them all so why they haven't like whoever was working the ux ui design of that needs to be going working for some other folks that was done well I don't understand, and I'm, and I don't like. I know I work for a software company. I handle IT support, all of that stuff, but I still don't know necessarily backend coding and things like mm-hmm. that. But the, the the thing that just makes my and head. Why couldn't hurt, you just enter the WWE Network through Peacock, like as a portal, like why? Yeah, just put this fucking thing here, and instead so, of logging again, in, yeah. So that's because how it's built and maintained, that's all WWE folks. They would have to completely turn that property over probably to NBC at that thing or still employ the folks. So, yeah, there's a lot of legalities and who's going to do what and stuff. But you would think, like, geez, man, it was one of the – and I mean, haven't they won awards? Like, I mean, I, you would think. When they did the relaunch and then you could, like uh, – Yeah, that second – Favorite, like, yes. yeah. And you could favorite your superstars and then go to their page and then down there you could see all their matches and a bio and all of that. Oh, my God. It was the best. I was on it more mm-hmm. going into this Peacock move than I have the entire time because yeah, of just how how user-friendly it was. Well, And, and I now, really had issues. I, I know some people had issues with, like, watching pay-per-views where, like, they would lose the feed or, like, like I never had I never it. did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I never had any issues. I and think I credit- did, like, when, I, when it first came out, I tried to load it on my PlayStation, and I was having issues on that. But, like, everything else worked fine Yeah, that I recall. Yeah. And even though you can't rewind or, or do all that stuff, I will give credit to Peacock that the first event, even though it was fascinating, nothing happened. I, I did watch it, you know, and it looked HD the entire time, all that stuff. But yeah, what you were saying about losing, I didn't have any of those problems. Mm-hmm. And I just love that app. And I just, again, I don't understand how you can just change the fucking so, login and give the money to Peacock. So if you're willing to pay more because you're willing to pay the European Mm-mm. equivalent of nine ninety nine. You can get a VPN and access oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, WWE yeah. Network over there, but I don't know how they're going to keep – if they're going to – eventually they're going to do the same thing over there. I would think they so. They will eventually do the same thing over there, I bet you. So they probably just haven't had it over there long enough to feel like they can legally <laughs> say, like, no more. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, we're running short on time. We said for a couple reasons we've got to do a quick show, so I, I we can't we, – we can't not go to tweet the tables, but we've got – so I'm going to grab one at random, right? I'm going to kind of, like, flick the – flick the wheel here and i'm gonna pick Ooh. us a tweet the table right all right let's do it and, like and that's this. not to say like we love this like we every week if you don't if you're new to the show use hashtag tweet the table on twitter we're gonna read some of them on the show today we're gonna read one because time right inner circle's about to kick our ass we don't want to get into that right um oh i don't even have that here look i'm talking all that shit 
And I don't even have, there we go. Now inner circles behind us ready to kick our ass. So we're going to pick out this tweet table. Again, Twitter, hashtag tweet the table. Do it. At WIRCATA says, Tony Khan looking like he just snorted cocaine off a hooker's ass while going on three days without any sleep is one of my favorite things going in wrestling today. Hashtag tweet the table. <laughs> um, those are interesting, but again, like, are they just buying impact? Is that where this is going? Uh, I mean, if they're getting 38,000 uh, viewers for an episode, well, it's it going to be 38,000 bucks. Yeah. Buy it for, yeah, pack of gum and you got got it sold there. Uh, I love cocaine con yeah that's Co- what they tony yeah, cocon <laughs> yeah tony cocon yeah that's yeah. even better yeah i like that character the he sounds like an angry bernie sanders when he yeah. does the promos <laughs> yes, he does yeah hey, i'll tell you what kenny omega it's gonna be it's gonna be a wednesday night i love that he's digging into it he's like and look now i'm on here and your whole fucking show is gonna be better <laughs> like you're gonna get a ratings boost because i brought real stars <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's great I, I will say though i love what he's doing on impact and I think that's fine, and that's good, and thumbs up. Let's not just do a wholesale, hey, now Tony Khan is kicking off AEW Dynamite. I don't want to see that yet. Right, I, yeah, we know. don't need authority figure Tony Khan. We don't need that. But, but if you want to promote the next special event, you know, the St. Patrick's Day Slam for next year, and to- Tony uh, Cocaine wants to give you the promo, all for it. Albeit, how fun could it be to have an a – Dueling for Tony Kokon's attention is Jericho in the inner circle and MJF in the pinnacle, both trying to like get on his good side. And he's whacked out, you know what yeah, I mean? Kind yeah. of, you know, like uh, just obliging both because he's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Uh, you know, anybody, right? It could be Tony Kokon or anybody in that role, but that could be fun. But yeah. that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I do like his character. I think it's funny. I think it's also because he's a dork and he doesn't know what it's like to be on TV. Maybe that's maybe, maybe. just a, assessment. maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I love it. It's stupid. Yeah, it's so funny. Fun. It's it's hilarious. And we also love the fans, the Table Nation, who use hashtag Tweet the Table like WIR Cata did, and we just made him famous. We've been making him famous for seven years, and you could be – it could take us seven years to make you famous. Also, use hashtag Tweet the Table on Twitter. Go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net, as you can read right there. Oh, oh, my arm disappeared. Sorry. Tom, I thought you are weird how my arm disappears behind you in this same room that we're in follow us on the youtube and you can see what i'm talking about youtube.com slash spanish announce tube again spanish table.net for all your links uh tom how's your father the spanish announce table